Hey all you witches. So as you guys know, last week I was having some, uh, I guess, audio recording difficulty. I would just say it's technical difficulty or lack of knowledge and understanding of how such things work. And uh, yeah, I just decided to give up because at a certain point I'm like, I'm putting too much energy into this and if it was that great, I can redo it and it will come out even better. So for the delay and for missing Witchy Wednesday, Thirsty Thursday, and all of that greatness, um, I was starting to get frustrated and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do some arts and crafts. I haven't been doing that. I've been working a ton. And this is something that like, I either love to do yard work. I love to do arts and crafts. I love like just doing stuff like that. I don't know why, but it's something that I can look back afterwards and be like, wow, that's what I did. Um, so what I ended up doing, I love my husband, by the way, let me just start off with my husband is probably the most understanding and patient person I've ever met in my entire life after what he has trusted me with today. But I mean, actually over this weekend, but also I will also say that we are planning on doing a remodel in the near future. So like if all else falls, like we can bail out, but this is like a temporary fix. But as you guys um, may have saw on my Instagram, there were some pictures and I started off doing like just some little like organization DIY improvements around the house like painting some cubbies um, doing some like home improvement type stuff around our house and then like kind of upcycling some stuff from work and making it look kind of fancy and new and um, was really inspired and then I was like you know what our bathroom has been stuck in the 80s so we bought our house over 10 years ago and uh, we have had every intention for the last 10 years to remodel. It hasn't happened. Um, we are now at this point going to be putting in like a new heating um, and cooling system because we have like these wall cadet like units and our house was built in 84. I was born in 84. So like, yeah, the whole house is like not been updated. We have a toilet that is blue and um, a sink that is blue in one of our bathrooms downstairs that we can't even use because like when you do go to use the uh, toilet, it is like you're facing like the washing machine and you have like maybe a foot or two between like your knees as you're sitting in the front of the washing machine and like the door like swings and hits you or like yeah it's just awkward it's not very well set up and then we have like um it's a tri-level oop just a sec come on Grippy. so the house familiar um Even though she's fully capable when she wants to to get onto surfaces, she just still likes to like make a like come on help me. I think that's like what all dogs, kids, everything wants is we just want to be needed, wanted, whatever. Um, anyways, so I went in was like really like you know what I think I wanna you know do something. We're gonna remodel at some point. It's like taking us this long like are we really gonna do it how we think we're gonna do it so I just started going to town I don't even know what happened um, and pretty soon our bathroom was like torn apart black gray like all this stuff and I'm like 
researching online like hey what's a cool like arts and craft like bathroom redo if you have like plenty of time and whatever so I'm like looking at different inspirations and pretty much I came up with what you guys will see so it's like black gray whatever looks like smoke ocean I don't know there's some stars I it's cool like I love painted black I love everything um that is like I don't know. I like everything that's dark, basically. Um, <laughs> one of my best friends, he loves this song, Black Betty. And I was just, like, looking up that song while I was painting. And I had found that there's so many cool, like, remixes of Black Betty. And so I was, like, into the whole, like, remixes of things. And then I came to, through this group, um, Caravan, Caravan Palace, I believe. Um, and they had a really cool, like, version of Black Betty. So it was cool just to hear also, like, some of the different people that, had like remade songs and especially like just being inspired listening to different music also um decided i would do some of my uh reiki training as well because i'm going through trying to become a reiki master um to go along with my other like healing modalities that i do and uh yeah so next thing i know i pretty much have like painted half our bathroom black half of it gray have it like torn apart i it's just, it's coming together. It looks actually really cool. My husband keeps on going in there and like looking at it. He's like, wow, that's cool. Um, but at one point today, I was definitely in there for far too long with all the fumes. And like I open up the door and like the mist of fumes comes out. And he's like, I can't believe you were in there for that long. And I'm like, yeah, I don't even know how I managed to do that except for... Oh. Grubsy. Oh, you gotta stop with the ball, honey. And then she got up here and didn't even like grab her ball, I don't think. So, yeah. Anyways, my puppy, familiar, being an issue, being needy, wanting some all the time. Um, but she goes, so then I basically, you know, get into all of this stuff, but then I'm like, well, shit, like I just, I really dove into this project like a little bit deeper than what I really expected. So, like, I keep on having to go to the store and get more paint. <laughs> figure out more and more stuff of like how to handle all this and like the craziest part was like the whole time my husband's like super encouraging of like all of my madness and like I am like basically huffing fumes equivalent in there and that's probably why I like went at it for as long as I did for as many hours of inspiration but it was very cool to see it all like kind of come back together after I like cleaned up a lot of the stuff and just seeing like what my inspiration could actually do. So that was really fun. The other thing that was really um, cool was I definitely had some like really great meditative time while all this was going on. And I think one part, um, whenever I do anything that's like super creative and stuff, I just really feel like my um, my spirit guides are coming through. And so I really felt like a lot of the time while I was doing this different stuff, I was really feeling like I was getting some messages or energy feels and like getting like the goosebumps on the back of the neck. And I totally was feeling like even more so I was like challenged to go ahead and make this like my own project. And oh, I think one thing too that I'm starting to realize is that I have this inspiration and this creativity if I just let it out. And a lot of the time when I don't let it out is when I start to have like these like frustrations or issues and things like that. And um, I know previously on the episode when I said I was having the audio recording issues, um, I had talked about Lucy. And I 
think a lot of this is like when Lucy does come out and everything is like to help me inspire and calm and ground myself. And so um, I am going to go ahead and start back with my previous episode and basically just kind of go into like some of the stuff. So basically as I was a child, I had grown up in a farm town. And in that farm town, basically, we had a lot of acres that separated each home and each family um, and everything because people had farms. So it's not like you live as close together as, like, say, where I live in suburbia right now. And uh, so we would definitely have times where you would just go and, like, walk to people's houses and you would, you know, that's what you would basically do is you would spend time out in nature, like, in the different areas. So, um, we had moved to this farm town when I was, um, I would say probably like eight or nine, like first, second grade. And, um, I didn't really have a lot of friends. I had just moved to this new town. And so I ended up, um, wandering around and kind of just exploring. And then I found out that our house that we had purchased, um, was right up the hill or right down the hill from a pioneer cemetery which was really cool because I had always thought cemeteries were really interesting and intriguing and I had always been into a lot of um, just kind of the interest of like history and things like that. So having a Pioneer Cemetery was really cool because it was like being able to go there and like kind of, you know, see these different names and kind of almost start to understand like maybe what lives these people had and seeing like the um, living birth date and the death date and all of that stuff. So at one point, I know that um, Lucy basically wandered over because she had saw someone was over in the cemetery. And at that point, I think was when uh, she started to like encourage me that I could come over to her house, help her um, with different stuff, and that she would help me with things as well. So I think at that point was when I really started to understand that like I could pretty much make anything happen with just the abilities that I had and just like the willpower as well. Um, and so I was able to really see my work pay off with the time putting into the cemetery. One thing that was kind of cool was it was very overgrown. It hadn't been really cared for for a while. Um, a lot of the headstones were kind of knocked over or had fallen over. And one thing in this city is that they do have very high floods um, and high winds pretty often. Um, I would say probably yearly. And so it's not abnormal for trees to fall down and do damage. And it's when it's happening all over the place, it takes time for it to come back together. Um, also, when it happens almost yearly, there's years that go by that stuff doesn't get put back together. So, um, you know, being a kid, I think I just want something to do. I was always into reading, but at a certain point, you can only read so much. And so you start kind of wanting to go and explore and things like that. Um, my father worked a lot and my mom was um, working as well, but she did kind of like a at homework type thing. And then my sister was, you know, in high school. And so it was just me. I didn't really have any friends. 
So, I spent a lot of time in the cemetery, and I think that's probably why I started to maybe feel comfortable with the dead, is just, like, spending time in a cemetery by yourself as a kid isn't what most kids, I guess, do, but, like, now that I talk to a lot more people, I think that is something that a lot more of us did do. The other thing that, um, was really, like, a big part of my childhood was I was in love with, like, the doo-wop era. I was in love with, like, um, just like 50s, 60s era. like the dress. I like the music. I like the whole deal. Um, and when different things would kind of come out that would sync to like history or music and stuff like that, I'd be really intrigued with it. And some of the old like song verses and stuff like that, that would be on the different tombstones and stuff would be very intriguing as well. So I know that there was a lot of times where I just had interests that weren't really like with other kids. So I was kind of always like a weird kid, kept to myself, but I did have people that I was friends with. And I think once I started to like give up what things I was like naturally drawn to, I made friends a lot more easily. Um, and so I think I started to kind of abandon who I was as I got into being a teenager and giving up those things that gave me interest just so I could fit in more. And I think a lot of us end up doing that in life. And I think it's nothing bad. I think we all just want to fit in. We want to be accepted. But also I think at a certain point, we just don't want the negative energy around us. And sometimes when people don't understand things, they look at it negatively. Um, and it's not that it's that they think that we're bad people. It's just people fear the unknown. And it's very, very common for something like that, for people just to fear the unknown. So I think when you're a weird kid, hanging out in the cemetery a lot, um, reading Edgar Poe, grim storybook tales, things like that, you just, you know, you kind of got to give up those things if you want to have, like, living friends that are normal. So, at a certain point, I think I probably start, stopped hanging out with Lucy as much and hanging out at the cemetery and started to be a teenager, and I'm sure she had known that as well. Um, she had had kids, and I'm sure she had seen that too. So, it wasn't that big of a deal. But, like, I always thought Lucy was very cool and like was a very spunky lady and um she did always act like a grandmother figure to me and so like I would go over to her house quite often and just you know hang out with her and I think too it's like you kind of also as a kid just want to have like adults that look at you like you're an equal figure at some point um the it's hard, you know, it's really, really hard when you don't feel like you fit in a lot of the time with your peers, but then if you do have people that you feel like you fit in with um, that are older, then you end up like fitting in with your peers even less because you usually have like more adult interests or things that they don't necessarily understand. And so it really does try to like alienate you from like one group or another when you're into things that like the majority isn't. So, um, I think at a certain point I started to just realize like, Hey, you know, I'm going to go ahead and start being a teenager and like all that stuff. Um, and so I grew apart from Lucy, never did we like, you know, be on bad terms. I just stopped going over there as much. Um, and at a certain point we moved away and that was about when I was going to be going into high school. I think I was in eighth grade when we had moved away from that town um and so you know I was sad I hadn't thought about her for years and years and years 
Um, and then recently I've started to just get into more of meditation and things like that. And what really made me start thinking about Lucy more often was, um, when I would meditate, I would see pictures of me basically looking down at my feet and walking on this like road. And when I would look up to see where the road was actually going, it was going down this like dirt road that basically had two tire tracks and like overgrown grass in the center. And there was only one place I had ever known that had had that particular walkway. And that was walking over to Lucy's greenhouse. And it was because it had like, like farm equipment or like utility equipment, like a car wasn't driving on there, like a truck or a tractor or something like that was. Um, and so that's why it had that clearance there. And so I remember always, you know, walking on that like high part during higher like water season or flooding and stuff like that because where the tire tracks were were pretty deep. Um, and so it was almost like a little like area in the center that you could walk on and kind of like trudge through the grass and everything and we all had chore boots um and so chore boots are basically you know you can go through anything and so when I would go in you know have these particular boots on and these overalls on and walking down that path and I saw that picture in my head I knew exactly where I was and I was that little kid walking down that path to go help Lucy at her greenhouse when we had forgotten something or she had forgotten something I was going to go run up there and get it for her. So what was very interesting was this was the first time where I started to see more and more pictures. Um, and in the past when I've meditated, I would almost see like sand or smoke signs I guess where it'd be like smoke or sand kind of like clearing out a little bit of a picture and it'd be like gray tones and then it would come back but I would never get the picture for very long I would never really understand the picture and it would never be defined to something with me so this was like the first time where I was like oh my goodness and so um I'm gonna have to take it back a little bit before that so um I had recently had talked to somebody and she was like you need to see this lady who's a psychic and I'm like okay so I looked her up and I saw that you could do a text message reading with her and so I was like oh my gosh I can't wait I need to do one of these I just need to dapple into it see what's about and so I did one and she answered so many questions but then she had given me um one spirit guide that I just didn't fit in with and so she had said I had six spirit guides. Um, and so I knew, I knew a good portion of my spirit guides, who they were. I knew that they were going to be the grandparents on both my mom and my father's side. So two right there on each side, so four. I knew that one was going to be my aunt, who I was very, very close um, growing up with. And just always had this very special connection with. And then I had this missing person and that was my sixth person and she kept on you know trying to I think give me hints and they weren't really coming together and she was saying you know you're tilling um, the soil and then she's like no you're literally tilling the soil and then she had said something about um, short red hair short red curly hair and I'm like geez I'm like I don't know anyone with short red curly hair so I started to um, ask my family members like who had short red curly hair 
and they, you know, they would be like, well, so-and-so had, like, kind of, like, auburn reddish hair that was kind of brownish at one period, and then we had, like, thought about my grandmother had kind of reddish hair at one point, but I didn't really know of her at that time, and so none of them really chalked up, so I kept on just running through my head, like, short red curly hair. Who could this be? Who could be this be? Who could this be? And it just, you know, wasn't really resonating with me. And so at a certain point, I think I just kind of gave it up. And I know that everybody always says, like, once you stop focusing on stuff is when it will always come together. And that was exactly what happened this time. So I'm sitting there at work doing a relaxation massage, and I start getting more of these pictures and more of these flashes, and they're becoming more clear, and they're getting out of the gray tones and getting more into, like, a watercolor type tone. Um, or, like, a water paint type thing where they're more pastels, not as defined lines, but you can see, like, defined colors. And so I could see like the green grass and the gravel and I could start to make that out and then looking down at my legs and getting to see what shoes I was wearing and stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, I can start to like put an age with this. And then I started to think about like, well, what would I be doing at that age? And where would I be? And like all this stuff. And I started to realize I knew exactly who it was. I knew exactly where it was. And these were things I hadn't thought about for years. I hadn't thought about, um, probably like two years ago, my husband and I had went to this town, um, because we were going to be on the coast going to a friend's wedding. And my husband had never been to this town with me, had never, you know, seen where I had grown up or any of that stuff. Just heard all the fond memories, but never really had been there or anything so at a certain point he was like you know what let's go do it and so we decided we would take a couple extra hour drive drive over there went and saw my old house went and saw the pioneer cemetery um all that stuff and then I had told him like oh man I I just I don't, I don't know I think I just I don't know if I want to see people um, and so we had reached out to a couple of people but I didn't reach out to her and I don't know why I didn't really even think of her if I was to be honest um, we went to a place that I used to love eating food from and everything in the town had changed it had gone you know newer it had gotten into being a whole different situation for so many people in the town as well and it had grown um, and so we left and, you know, the whole time my husband is just like freaked out that like, number one, I grew up in a town like this. Like it was, it was pretty crazy. Like just for, cause we went on a spring day and if you're not used to a spring day in a farm town and you go into like the cow pastures and stuff like that, which most people wouldn't normally do. And most people wouldn't go out there and like not be, you know, used to it. My husband's like, it's in my mouth. Like, he just did not understand, like, what living in a farm town was. And so, for him, he got to kind of see all the stuff that, like, pieced together. And I think he felt like he got to know me a little bit more as well. But I think also he was like, oh, my wife, like, lived in a creepy, like, little area. And she used to walk and hang out in the cemetery. And, like, wow, there's still a lot of weird stuff about my wife. But I love her and she's amazing. Um, but, man, she's kind of creepy. And so... When we left, I ended up, you know, kind of keep on thinking about like different things and how much it had changed and all of that. And so I really, even at that point, didn't even think about her. 
And so when this all started to come back, even though I had been in that town like two years prior, I still didn't even think about her. So when this all started to come back, I just started to have so many different pictures and feelings and things like that start to get more clear um, as far as message-wise, I guess. And I started to realize, man, it's her. It is her. And she had been such a big part of so much of my life and I hadn't even thought about it. And it was the little day-to-day -day things that she had taught me and taken the time and patience up that really made a big difference. And if I'm to be honest, like I would not be cool with like being that type of a person to a kid because I'm just not that type of a person. And so for her to go and have those type of patience and things and like to kind of mold me in the direction that she did was huge. She also just like really gave me a lot of like little like instructions and things to do to make you be more like I guess respectable in a lot of ways because of being like a farm kid you have manners go out the window and you also are just like unaware of things that are not totally okay so she was really good at kind of helping me with those little things and making me be less of a grubby little kid and of course a lot of that stuff still comes out um, I think also it was just, you know, a lot of giving me what a grandparent would have given me was exactly what she gave me, but like on a day-to-day -day life without me even asking for it. And don't get me wrong, she used to like totally, not like necessarily whoop me, but like she would put me into shape, you know, if I was not in a good place or if I was having negative attitude or if I didn't like something she would sit down and ask me why and we would talk about why I felt that way and you know and we worked through it and I think a lot of the time too she was always in giving me that outlet of creativity when I would have one of those days and so um Recently, I was talking with my husband about, you know, different stuff that I've just always had with me through the years. I'm like, man, I have this weird little, like, dinosaur-looking thing that's like a music box I've had with me for years. And I was like, I wonder where this came from, because I can't even remember where I got it from, where it started, any of this stuff. And I was like, I bet you, I bet you anything, like, Lucy let me dig that out of, like, the dumpster and was like, not the dumpster necessarily but the garbage she was probably gonna trash it or something like didn't find it useful or was it like worn or whatever but she was gonna probably trash it and then she probably let me have some like different paints and paint it and like help me paint it to make it look like cute and that was like something I've taken with me and like when I look at it it's not like the best paint job it's pretty like old and like it's not anything that special but it's something that I've taken with me for years and I haven't even known why um until recently and it's funny to think that's something that I probably dug out of the garbage and found and was like hey can I have this can I make this into something cool and I guess that's how I've always been since that's what I was doing you know over the last few days it's like wanting to repurpose things and not having things just be like put in the dump and being done with um and so I really find a lot of like being a witch in a lot of ways is like repurposing things, trying to like find a second use for things when they've already lived their first use, and wanting to like never really throw anything away and like wanting to, you know, upcycle it and recycle it and things like that, but also wanting to like use nature to its fullest extent. Um, and so I know a lot of like the basic herb knowledge that I have is definitely from her and from things that she had taught me. And it's 
basic common knowledge for me, which is just so interesting because so many people that I talk to are like, how do you know them? Like, I don't know. And like, now that I look back and I'm like, it was Lucy. It was all those little things that she taught me from day to day to just have me be a more productive person. So I think that's going to be definitely one of the big things that taught me how to be a witch. The next thing that I would say would probably be just being a massage therapist and being a hippie. Um, I definitely am very in tune with nature, with astrology, with the moon, the sun. One of the very first tattoos I ever got was on my 18th birthday and I got Sognator written in the stars. Um, with a dolphin jumping out of the water with the sunrise or the sun setting and the moon rising and I've always thought that was a really interesting one and um one thing that was always interesting was my dad had always um called me Sognator as a kid and I don't think he even realized that he did and I don't know at what point we started to put that together and so that's why I ended up getting that tattooed and so when I used to game on World of Warcraft and all my different gaming um, my handle was always Sognator which was Dreamer in Italian and my father's Italian and so like I've always you know had that kind of dreamer aspect and now that I look at things it's like well was I really dreaming or was I seeing stuff that other people can see so we just assumed I was dreaming um, and so I think that was like a big part of it. And one thing that did happen when I was a child was my grandfather was going through um, some cancer treatment. We knew it was kind of the end of life. And so he ended up moving in with us. And when he moved in with us, he um, we knew he was going to pass away. And I spent a lot of time with him. I talked with him, hung out with him. And, you know, he was in hospice, basically. So he was in a bed and, you know, I would go to school, do my normal stuff, but then I would always come home and hang out with him. And I was never afraid of him when he was sick. I actually like just like the time with him. Um, he wasn't very verbal a lot of that time because he, of the type of cancer he had and everything and how sick he was. Um, but I remember the day that he had passed before he had even, well, before I knew that he had passed, I had already had him kind of like come and visit me, I guess. And so I had woke up that morning, I started to walk down the stairs and my dad had grabbed me and told me um, that I couldn't go see him and that he was gone. And I knew at that point what that had meant, but I had already known in a way that he was gone. And I think that's why I went directly down there to go see him. This is also not the first time that I had seen someone who had passed away. Um, when my grandmother had passed away earlier that year, um, she was in a like hospital type situation. And we were living in this town and she was in um, care in a previous town that we had lived in that was probably like three, four hours away. And so my mom and her siblings had gone to go, you know, spend time with her and everything. And this was kind of like the last time that we knew she was going to probably be around. It was getting towards the end. And my mom had came home and woke me up and told me that she had passed away. And once again, I already knew. 
um, she had already came and, you know, told me that she was gone, that she loved me and everything, and she would see me again. Whew, I'm getting, like, emotional even talking about it. And I had the same thing happen when my grandfather passed away. Um, and a few years ago, I had a friend's father pass away suddenly. Um, and when that happened, I hadn't even talked to this friend for probably a couple of years. She had had a child. We had kind of just grown apart. Nothing had happened, but we had just kind of grown apart. And I kept on feeling like I need to reach out to her. I need to talk to her. And like, we had spent so much time together. Like we had basically lived together. We were best friends on like, I would say every day we hung out and like went through so much in our twenties or early twenties together for like two years. Um, so absolutely best friend, like a sister during that time. And so when I kept on hearing like you need to reach out to Amanda, you need to talk to her, you need to, you know, reach out to her, blah, blah, blah. I kept on thinking, man, this is just so crazy that I need to reach out to her because I haven't talked to her forever and who is this person? And then um, I reached out to her, I asked her if she was okay, I just felt like I needed to, and she told me her dad had passed away. And at that point I realized, okay, this is probably her dad that has been talking to me and wanting me to reach out to her and just like make sure she was okay. And I think her dad had always known that I was like a little bit darker and special, but I think he always like had kind of seen that I had just like a genuine love for his like daughter and friendship with her and that like it was just such a quick immediate bond with me and her that I think she will definitely be one of those people that no matter what goes on through the years, I can always reach out to her and she'll always, you know, be there if she can. She's a mother. She also works at a hospital. So, I mean, things come first, but she has always 100% been there for me. Um, whenever I went through like medical issues, she went with me to the hospital. She went with me through so much different stuff. <laughs> I love this girl probably more than anything. Um, this is like the weirdest story, like, I don't even think I'm gonna say it, cause it's just so freaking weird, but she's, she's amazing. She's like a ride or die. She's like my, my soulmate on a different level. My kindred spirit, and I absolutely love her. And, um, I do feel like that was really amazing to be able to, like, be there for her in that aspect and be able to, like, reconnect with her. And, um, there's been a few times where she's just, you know, we live in the same kind of area and she's reached out to me a few times and through the years and we just will meet up. It will be, you know, three, four, five years that will go in between and we'll meet up and act like no time has passed. And I think those are the really special people. Um, I absolutely love her, I love her family, and I was able to go to her dad's um, celebration of life slash memorial service and reconnect with her family and everything. And it was so emotional to, you know, be there and everything, because I really got to see so much of like the great times with her and her dad and like the funny times and stuff like that, that like I just felt really blessed to be able to have that. Um, and be able to, you know, kind of have that sisterhood with her during that time. I also know that she's always felt really close to my family as well. Um, and she is one of those people where I think no matter what happens in our life, we can miss out on big mon monumental occasions of each other's life, but we'll always be there for each other no matter what. 
Um, and so I feel like that was definitely another time that like I had somebody who had passed that had like came through. The other thing that is interesting with this whole thing with Lucy is I actually don't know if Lucy's passed. Um, I have never got confirmation. I heard that she's still alive and kicking and feisty as all heck, but I haven't got any real confirmation. Um, and I know a lot of people say that when they get angel messages for the first time that they actually don't have confirmation that that person has passed and they find out later that that person had passed like a month prior or something like that. So, you know, if she has passed, she's passed. Um, the other thing is, is I do know that they sometimes say if someone's in like a vegetative state or if they um, are not as mentally aware as they once were, that sometimes you will have that as well. So I, you know, just really on a few different levels feel like I don't know what's going on with Lucy, but I feel her here. Um, the last story that I will tell you about how I feel like I got into this or like what deeper powers I felt like I got was um, my husband and I have been a part of the dog attack that I've kind of briefly mentioned. Um, just one moment. So, on June of 2013, my husband and I were attacked by our family dog, and I will probably tell this story at some point, but I'm just going to tell you, like, the, I guess, outline of what happened, and uh, basically, the dog had a brain tumor, we didn't know, and he ended up having the equivalent of like a brain aneurysm type aggressive attack on us. Um, he ripped off my husband's ear, broke his hand within probably the first 30 seconds of the fight. Um, I jumped in when he was biting my husband all over his back and legs and everything and just tearing into him and the dog turned on me. My husband jumped back in, um, tried to fight the dog off dog turned on him. I ended up somehow, I don't even know how I was capable of doing this. Um, but at this point the dog, my husband's missing his ear. He has broken hand and the dog is just going ape shit on us to a different level. Like he wants to kill us and we haven't done anything to provoke this. It's just, he snapped. And my husband is looking at me like, I can't go much longer. Like, we need to stop this. Like, he's not going to stop, and I can't do this much longer. And, you know, this is probably a few minutes into the fight. I don't know how long the attack was. Um, but, you know, we both sustained a lot of injuries in that time. My husband um, ended up giving me kind of that look like, okay, we need to get out of here. And so... He got her other dog into the bedroom, and I'm going to call her Beazleton Button because she is an old lady, and she is probably more lively as an old lady than she ever was as a puppy when we got her. And so he got her into the master bedroom because she is the sweetest dog, 
and she had, um, you know, never once kind of jumped in on this. And at this point, I don't know how I was able to do it, but I was able to get the other dog, Duster's um, mouth shut, his jaw shut. And I was walking him backwards down the hall and I'm yelling to my husband, I have his mouth shut, I have his mouth shut, we just need to keep it shut. And my husband's like, I can't do this much longer. And he runs into the bedroom and he's yelling at me to run into the bedroom as well. And so I throw the dog down the stairs and he runs back up the stairs after me. And as he's running after, this, after me, he grabs onto my leg and just starts dragging me down the hallway by my left like hamstring quad glute and it's just every time I start to get away he bites on and shakes it and drags me down the hallway a little bit more and at a certain point I was able to get into the bedroom of the master bedroom my husband had slammed the door enough times to where the dog broke free off my leg and we were able to barricade ourselves in um, once we barricade ourselves in my husband went into the bathroom and he just started to go into shock um, at that point I knew like obviously we can't go into the other part of the house so I started searching the room and luckily I found my cell phone it had been in the master bedroom um, the whole room is destroyed at this point like beds knocked over the fight just like was insane um, the dog was like a black lab Great Dane about 130 pounds I think at that time I had weighed probably like a hundred and ten um, I was running three to six miles a day with him and he probably had more muscle mass and endurance than I did by far. So him like reaching and grabbing me down the hallway and everything was quite a physical battle for me to like come back from, but also the amount of blood loss and all the dog bites and everything like that. So we, I, my husband's just going in shock in the room. He can't do anything. Um, he's in the bathroom and so I find the phone, I call 911 and they end up telling me to, you know, put wet bandages and compresses on him and I tell him I don't have any so I just start grabbing clean clothes and getting them wet and putting them on. Um, the dog bites to kind of try to clean them as much before I start to compress them and the whole time, you know, they're talking about cruiser on the way. And then once the crews get there, they get onto the roof, they know where we're at, I'm pounding on the window, and we have this AC unit in the window, and like I was saying, we're remodeling because we don't have a house that's updated, and we have this uh, AC unit in, it, in the window that's like wood and screws and bolted in to the side of the house. Um, and they're yelling at me, they can't get in, they need me to, you know, get the unit out. And we live in like not a safe area. So my husband always like makes sure that everything is super secure to where no one can just break into the house by like sliding a window. So this thing was screwed in, no tools, nothing. And I look in there and he is just like going in out of consciousness. I think I'm gonna lose my husband. I'm gonna lose my soulmate. I'm gonna lose the person that I have spent day in day out with since I was 19. Like, I'm about to lose this person because I brought home a dog from the Humane Society and he snapped. And something just came over me and I grabbed onto that unit that was 
screwed in and ripped it out and ripped screws out of wood. And the paramedics, firefighters, all their faces were just shocked. Number one, I'm a little person. I have half my leg just chewed apart, but like also have my right bicep that is just like bleeding profusely and hanging open. So like, I'm not pretty functional at this point, but I see the love of my life coming in at consciousness and I have to do something. And the only thing that is holding us from getting him help is this unit. So I just rip it out. There's no way I should have been able to rip that out. Missing as much of the muscles in my leg, left leg and everything, I was barely able to walk. I couldn't even, I couldn't even put weight on my leg for like three months afterwards. I was just like on crutches. My bicep was completely torn open. I mean, there's so many things that like physically were wrong with me to where I couldn't even do normal tasks, let alone rip this thing out of wood. But I did it. And they were able to come in, get my husband help. We walked out of the second story master bedroom, walked down a ladder and got into an ambulance after we had signed away all of our rights to our dog so that the city could come in and take care of uh, our pet that was no longer ours and uh, keep everybody else safe because the last thing we wanted was for anyone to go through what we had just went through and uh, when you have a dog from the time that he is eight weeks old you sleep with him he's your baby and then he turns on you and you look into his eyes and there's nothing but black that it was probably a really hard decision um for both of us to just know like there's no turning back there's a line drawn we love him so much that's not our dog anymore and whatever that is needs to leave um so they ended up having to put him down they ended up shooting out our second our front door window to kill him because he had tried to go after multiple police and rescuing crew. And uh, when they did the autopsy, they found out that he had a rather large tumor that was kind of right on the aggressive part of the brain. Um, and there was also a really large crease in his skull in that area. And so they said it was pretty much like a light switch being turned on. Um, there wasn't anything we could do. There wasn't anything we could do to stop it, prevent it. It was the role that that whole story had to play. And my husband and I went through a lot after that. Um, we were both extremely OCD prior and uh, we had to give up a lot of our freedoms. We had to give up a lot of our routine. Um, we had to have people come over multiple times a day and change our bandages, make us food, help us shower, help us change. Um, I think the happiest day for us after all that was when we could go, I think, uh, a day without people having to come by and take care of us. Or like when we could start to make like hard boiled eggs or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for ourselves. Or like when my husband could change my own bandages and help me get like showered and changed and everything. And during this whole time, he's going through surgeries. I'm going through doctor's appointments and recuperation and physical therapy and everything. Cause I chose not to have surgery on my um, bites 
because at the point of where they were, we were able to hopefully just like overlay the muscles, clean out everything, and have the body heal. My husband didn't unfortunately get that luxury. And so they had tried to reattach his ear. Um, they had to, you know, do surgery. I think he had three surgeries the night of the attack. Um, and so he had a lot more, you know, that he had to go through. I had a lot of wounds that were just tore up because of how little I was and how aggressive the bites were and how, how much dragging he had done by my leg. Um, and so for a long time I had a mobility issue and like a limp and my leg would give out. And I think for about two years I would walk with a cane um, on a pretty consistent basis. Um, I still have a lot of limitations and there's a lot of things that I do that um, are from the dog attack that I probably won't be able to have a normal life on certain levels. But I mean, overall I have a really normal life. Um, and I do have my two dogs that I love a ton. I am also, you know, slightly afraid of dogs, understandably so but I do love animals. And so it hasn't totally changed everything with that. Um, and I feel like, you know, what I went through on that day was definitely like spirit guides, angels, somebody helping me. Cause I shouldn't have had that strength. And I really feel like there's been a lot of things in my life that I shouldn't have lived through. And I have lived through because of those people. I feel like there's a lot of knowledge that I've been able to have um, to be able to handle situations or say the right things, almost like when they take over and just give me that little bit of information or like for, for sight, I guess it would be. Um, so that is really, I guess, the big stories that have got me to this point. You guys have really got to hear me bare my soul and almost cry as I tell the story about the dog attack, which is, it's, it's hard. It's a hard one. It's a really, really hard one. Um, we're looking at like six years since the dog attack now. And, uh, it's been, it's been a rough one. Uh, there was some ups and downs. There was definitely times where I don't think either of us thought we were going to be able to make it through it. Um, with our partner just because so much had changed of how we processed it, how we felt about it, and you know, we all grieve and cope in different ways. It was also something that definitely brought us closer together with our individual families um, as well as with each other's families. And we had to put a lot of our egos on the back burners to deal with the things that we had to at that time. We had to ask for financial help from a lot of different people um, just because we couldn't pay our bills any other way. The other thing is, is you don't know this, but when you have something like that, I mean, I maybe people know this, but I didn't understand the cost that went into something like that. So um, when you have an attack like that, one thing that does happen is they don't clean up the house afterwards. So you come home and it is the same way that it was when you left in an ambulance, in a fire truck, to go to the hospital in any way. So you come home and there's blood, body parts, 
um, rags, matter, I mean, it's, it's gruesome. Um, so it took a lot of money and time from friends and family to get her house to not look like a complete horror scene. Um, we had to get a new bed because of the amount of blood that I have bled out onto the bed while we were trying to get medical attention um, before they had got us out of the house. Um, oh, the bandages and the antibiotics and the medical attention in between all of that stuff. That adds up so much. Um, I want to say it was like $20 a day in bandages for me because I had so many bite wounds that would have to be changed and because of the infection value um, that I had actively because of all the dog bites and everything. So it was a lot of money that people had given us to be able to, you know, help us survive. And that was something that was really hard to put your ego on the back burner and accept that. Um, but also to ask for that help or to ask people to come over and like, make you a sandwich because you physically and mentally don't know how to right now. So that was probably like the most like bringing me down to my ego and like resetting everything. It really made me understand like that I needed to be more intuitive because I think I saw a lot of signs that things were going to go bad with that. Um, the morning of he looked really like tired. His eyes were bloodshot. He was kind of like agitated so I think too I started to realize okay I need to pay more more into my intuition I need to listen to this I need to I need to be somebody that thinks about what my gut is trying to tell me and so ever since then I've really tried to not think about what other people think and how I can be perceived but how I feel about things and so I have you know canceled on stuff or haven't done things that I maybe felt like in the past I would have like just sucked up and went through but because I had like this gut feeling that maybe I shouldn't go to it because something else will happen and some of those things did happen um the other thing is is that friend that I was telling you about that um her father had passed away me and her have crazy luck so the only person I know that me and her have been in two mall shootings. Um, the first one was Tacoma Mall, and we got locked in for, I wanna say like six hours, and we were at Sam Goody was where we ended up being locked in. We didn't know where the shooter was, and both her and I hid in um, one of those cabinets that were underneath the CDs that you could kind of like push in that were magnetic and would open and then you could push it back and it would close. And so we hid underneath there um, and waited until we knew it was clear. And what usually happens with a situation like that was after we found out the first time is they have to secure everything. And so, because they want to make sure, you know, they don't let anyone out that's a suspect or like is in it or whatever. So we ended up having to go through all of that and um, we were stuck in that cabinet for a long time. <laughs> And so when we were at the second mall, um, it was a South Center mall. And when we had went there and we, 
basically we're about to leave and my friend said I gotta use the restroom and so we started to walk back in and as we walked back in we heard a loud bang and it sounded like someone had dropped like a big potter or something like that and then we heard two more and as soon as we heard the second one of the two more we knew exactly what it was because one thing that I guess that we knew from the first one is like a gunshot in that type of environment you you feel it you there's something that resonates with it and so we knew exactly what it was and just the sheer horror and terror as people started to scream a shooter 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 and so we ran out of there um, we jumped in my car and we just hauled and I remember driving over like cement barriers and through grass and everything just get out of there because we didn't know where the shooter was we didn't know what was gonna happen and the last time we were stuck in there for so long and we didn't know what was gonna happen we didn't know if the person was just going through the mall and just capping people one by one if we were gonna be one of the last ones we never knew what was going on the first time if the mall was secure if it wasn't secured if everybody was dead what was going on and so this time we knew that we wanted to get the hell out of there and so we did that we got the hell out of there and we went to a bar afterwards and we had a couple of drinks and we talked about we were never gonna go to a mall together ever again and we haven't in both of those times we had almost everything physically stopping us from trying to go to the mall that day and we just kept on pushing through and doing it on both those occasions and we both had said you know we should just listen to our gut there were so many things that were like telling us it wasn't the right day we shouldn't do it but we still went through and did it so I think with that being the last one I am going to go ahead and wrap things up so I hope you guys have enjoyed my stories I hope this has given you a little bit of insight into the weirdness that I am and that everything that has happened in my life and I hope you witches will tune in again and will forgive me for the technical difficulty that I had but hopefully my stories will make up for it all and I hope you guys will join me on Witchy Wednesday and Thirsty Thursday this week. And Halloween is just a few days away. I want to say we're on like 11 days, if I'm correct. So I will see all of you witches soon. Or I will hear all of you witches soon as well. And you guys will hear me as well. So later, witches.